Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. I have a couple of guests today. First is Nick McCormick, who was over 25 years in the printing industry, ranging from graphic design and production to his current role in business development. He specializes in flexible packaging with an emphasis in food and beverage, cannabis, wine, and spirits. He also serves on NCIA's Packaging and Labeling Committee, helping to mold packaging guidelines for the cannabis industry. His company, Taylor, is one of the top five graphic communications companies in North America, and they're headquartered in Minnesota. My other guest today is Kelly Williams, who's a supplier for Nick's company at Taylor, and he's a recognized thought leader in the flexible packaging industry, and most recently became a highly sought expert for brands, retailers, packaging manufacturers, and raw material suppliers seeking knowledge and guidance on compostable product development. Kelly has given countless talks, panels, interviews, and webinars throughout his career, and he's authored numerous technical papers, marketing articles, and has several patents in polyolefins. Did I say that correctly, Kelly? Polyolefins? You did. Another uh, fancy word for plastics. Oh, got it. Welcome to the show, you both. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Great, great. I'm, I'm so proud of myself when I can pronounce words the first time when guessing, right? So <laughs> let's start by getting to know you both a little bit better. Um, Nick, let's talk more about that background of yours in the printing industry before, before getting involved in the cannabis side of all this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you again, uh, Bethany. Uh, appreciate your time today. Um, background has been in primarily graphic design. Uh, went to school for graphic design, marketing, and advertising. Uh, been in the print industry since uh, I was a freshman in high school, um, and then went on to work at commercial printers or in primarily on the East Coast. Um, and I would say in the last ten years, my main focus has been. Uh, food, beverage, wine, and spirits. About five years ago, uh, I we decided to get into the cannabis uh, industry, and we're I'm proud to be part of the NCIA Packaging and Labeling Committee. And um, here I am, uh, very fortunate to sit on the Packaging and Labeling Committee. And um, you know, it, it's been a good ride. Um, prior to printing, I actually played semi-pro baseball. Um, in South Florida. Um, oh, so that's there, fun. A, yeah, that's I traveled around on a smoky bus, um, traveling all around the Southeast, <laughs> uh, playing playing hardball, and it got to a point where there's no scouts looking at me, so I decided to get back into graphic design. So here I am. <laughs> oh, how fun! Awesome. How about yep. you, Kelly? What's 
what's going on in your background? Has it always been packaging or anything else happening? Well, I didn't play college baseball. I did play high school baseball. That counts for anything. <laughs> but uh, similar to Nick, I've got 25 years in the flexible packaging industry, chemical engineer by training. Uh, Southern Ohio is where I grew up. Uh, wanted to get the heck out of Ohio in a big, bad way. So I uh, decided to, to do my first uh, co-op job through college in Louisiana, working for a polyethylene manufacturer, and then found my career in that plastics industry. So I consider myself today making amends for the sins of the earlier part of my 25-year career where I was developing packaging that's so incredibly over-engineered uh, that, you know, a bag of chips can go to Mars and be back and still be fresh. And that's mm. a problem. Uh, so really my background is flexible packaging, plastics, adhesives, everything it takes to put it together. That's been my background, but I did spend time, um, developing, um, uh, working with digital print technologies. I actually helped usher digital print into the market. And that's kind of where I got familiar with the, the printing side of things and just fell in love with it. And so today I work very closely with uh, printers and I have a particular uh, a love for the digital printers and what digital represents the market, which maybe we'll touch upon uh, at some point today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, here in the cannabis industry, I mean, we don't we don't put it in Ziploc bags anymore, right? The little snack bags. Um, so we certainly have some sophisticated packaging and labels as well. So I'm curious, with the backgrounds that you have, what was it like getting involved in cannabis? You know, after legalization started to flourish across the United States. Were you excited about it? Were you kind of like, oh, I don't know, is this really happening? How did you get involved in the cannabis side of things, Nick? Um, mine was actually uh, more around health uh, for, from myself. Um, I, have, I have been a proponent of the plant um, my my wife and I have been in, investing in cannabis companies worldwide over the last 10 years um, with the, the organization that I work with, uh, us being a private company. I saw that our largest competition was not playing in this vertical and us being a private company um, and not trading on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, and mm -hmm. as we all know, there's still Safe Banking and the MORE Act and 280E, uh, which I've been fortunate enough to lobby with the NCIA on Capitol Hill, in including yourself, Bethany. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Um, and so it's, uh, that was my decision to, to get into it because I saw it was a blue ocean uh, for Taylor. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're here today. Um, and I, I feel that cannabis packaging is very wasteful. And mm -hmm. my goal in my current role is to how, how do we make it not as wasteful and more sustainable or environmentally friendly to the, you know, the consumers, the users, et cetera. So mm -hmm. that's the reason I'm here. Yep. Excellent. Yes. Kelly, um, what about you? Why did you get involved in cannabis and what was that like for you? Historically, you know, I, I used to think that I'll never see the day that it gets legalized because there's too much logic for it to be legalized and I never thought it would ever happen. But then there's the <laughs> saying that you follow the money and you realize why. And yeah, there's a lot of money in this industry. There's no doubt about it. And, and I think that's a good thing. But what I think has really helped push it over the edge is the, the overwhelming 
health and science benefits are just undeniable. And I think that's really helping drive it forward. So I couldn't be more excited, but what got me specifically into this is just the demand from brands that, so they're almost intrinsically environmentally oriented and they don't like the idea of putting packaging into the marketplace that has no end of life, that becomes an ecological burden. So that's what pulled me into it. But uh, I think it's important to mention one step beyond that is, is that entire hemp plant is in and of itself a biorefinery source. Literally, there's a saying that it, you can use the whole hog, including the squeal. And that hemp plant represents that because it's a great source of cellulose, of, of, of materials that you can then react and create new biopolymers. So that entire plant represents something you can grow literally anywhere, indoor or outdoor, and then convert it into the, the products that we need every day to sustain 7.8 billion people or approaching 9 billion people. I, I see hemp as, as a critical solution to existential crisis across many fronts. I think the hemp plant itself represents the future. That was well said, and, and I'm looking forward to recording a podcast soon with our hemp committee at NCIA as well, and, and they definitely talk quite a bit about the various uses of the hemp plant as well. There's a lot of potential there. How exciting to hear that you may be able to use hemp to make packaging. That's, that's beautiful, in fact, yeah. So before we take our first commercial break here, um, so here it is, the end of 2021 already, um, even though I think we're all still mentally in 2019. Um, so, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic here, or we thought so, and m making our way through. NCI is returning back to the expo floor very carefully, very safely. We'll be at the Moscone Center in San Francisco, December 15th, 16th, and 17th. Um, vaccination proof is required. Masks are required as well. Super safe. Um, and these are the rules of San Francisco and of the convention center as well. So um, I'm looking forward to being uh, out and about and seeing cannabis industry people again. Um, if people are interested in grabbing your ticket for that, the website is cannabisbusinesssummit.com. And again, that's December 15th, 16th, and 17th. Really looking forward to being there as well. Um, we'll certainly talk more about that. So let's go ahead and take that first commercial break and then come back and take a deep dive into some packaging issues with Nick and Kelly. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio I'm chatting with Nick McCormick from our Packaging and Labeling Committee and Kelly Williams as well, who's a supplier for Nick's company. So there is a lot of packaging in our industry, as we mentioned before, and you are involved in the Packaging and Labeling Committee here at the National Cannabis Industry Association. So, you know, while some of the packaging is really interesting and innovative and beautiful even, um, it's also true that it contributes to waste and there's an environmental sustainability issue that we as an industry continually are seeking to address. So let's just talk more general about the environmental issues with all the packaging in our industry. I loved Kelly's example of the 
bag of chips that can go to Mars and back, for example. Nick, what are your thoughts in general about about this packaging issue we've got? You know, it's, it's one of the biggest topics uh, the committee, the packaging and labeling committee uh, talks about is how wasteful um, the cartons, uh, the plastic vape cartridges, the, the pouches with child resistant Ziplocs on them. Um, you know, there, there's a statistic out there. Um, it, it's around that now that cannabis packaging, now that it's become legal in the 37 states or 38 states now, um, is 800, 800% uh, more environmentally wasteful than it was when it was illegal, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because everything was put in your, you know, a sandwich bag or your your cigarette uh, so, uh, yep. little cellophane package before, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> I remember. So, you know, there's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of waste. There's a lot of talk in the industry about single use uh, packaging, but making sure that that packaging uh, can you know, put in the earth and, and not take 300 years to break down like fishing twine or a cigarette butt, right? Mm. Um, but, you know, like I said, there there's a lot of waste. But one thing that I've, when I was lobbying for the Safe Banking Act uh, back in, geez, that, that was 2019, yeah. actually, when the last time the NCIA went to the Hill, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and one of the things that I was talking to the representatives and, and senators and congressmen and women is, is about, hey, this this industry is now fueling more, is fueling revenue into the printing industry and manufacturing, which we've all seen the newspapers and the magazine business and even direct mail today going away. Mm -hmm. Not away 100%, but I mean, some of the large newspaper uh, producers in North America have closed up shop, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lot of environmental issues. Um, like I said, there's a lot of packaging coming into North America from overseas. Um, mm. And, you know, I have a vision that I will be part of a team of individuals who spearhead the environmental side of it. Um, it it's been done before in CPG, especially in health and beauty uh, industry um, with packaging. Um, there's no planogramming happening today. Planogramming meaning, hey, CVS is going to give you two square feet of shelf space in this aisle. Um, that's not happening yet. Um, hmm. It probably on the CBD side, but um, I mean, it's uh, it's very interesting times. It's very hard to navigate. It's been yeah. very hard for us to navigate from state to state because there's different regulations. And when you're dealing with a, a vertically integrated or a multi-state operator um then mm -hmm. here you go i mean i mean it's just it's hard to navigate i'm printing labels in from different states with the same brand and different legal jargon on them every day right totally so that that's my take on it really yeah <laughs> kelly did you have anything that you wanted to add on about the environmental issues with the packaging i loved that bag of potato chips to mars one that was really fascinating well and i would just add that it, this isn't isolated to the cannabis industry. I think the cannabis industry has a really nice, very vibrant spotlight on it for all the right reasons. It's an emerging market. It's a new market. It's got plenty of, of money to be made in it. It's got all these benefits. It's just, it's just a win-win-win across the board. However, if you look at the history of packaging, there's a few things you can take away from it. You cannot sell 
packaged consumer goods without a package. <laughs> and I don't believe that 7.8 billion people can be overnight homesteaders. So if we don't use packaging that's safe for the environment, we're not going to have packaged consumer goods. So it is an existential crisis. Mm. And the plastics industry has a lot to lose. As much as they talk about sustainability, let's talk about what sustainability means. My definition is very simple. Let me take a second. It means you can do it forever. Mm. A lot of what we're talking about, you might be able to do it longer this way versus that way, but can you do it forever? Mm -hmm. And recycling is just not an option. But the plastics industry, despite $400 million worth of planned expansion over the next year to two years, um, you know, they want to continue to fuel that same hype around recycling. It's not recycling, it's repurposing. You cannot mm. take a bag of chips and turn it into another bag of chips. You never will do that. You're making park benches and dog frisbees. So flexible mm. packaging absolutely has the most sustainability criteria or, or conditions around it. Because if you think about glass, metal cans, went to plastic bottles, went to rigid containers, went to flex. So flexibles definitely have this baked in adherent um, profile about it. It's lightweight, you can, you can make it in one place, ship it to another place, all these benefits. But if you don't have an end of life for that product beyond park benches and dog frisbees, uh, it starts to accumulate and it accumulates very quickly. The pandemic has proven that accumulation on steroids because you don't have community ketchup at the table anymore. It's all single-use mm. packaging. So we're actually seeing an increase in single-use packaging. This industry is no different. So I think from its outset, there's this baked-in desire to make it environment. So what, it, what, what excites me is this is an industry that cares not because of perception. They genuinely care about the best solution. And that type of energy, I think, goes a long way. However, politicians aren't exactly known for making decisions based on all informed information. <laughs> so I'm glad that we haven't federalized it yet. We have an opportunity to really make sure that that legal language is written in a way that cuts through the misinformation and actually uses the real information to put the brackets around, like, for example, four mil. We all say that the the pouch has to be four mil with a child resistant zipper because California said four mil. Why four mil stick? Arbitrary, absolutely, completely arbitrary decision, but everybody's following it because California said it. Yeah. So now everyone's making something way thicker than it needs to be because California said so. So we, gotcha. got, we just got to get through that and, and really design packaging that works and put the onus on the buyer to protect uh, people from it. You know, you can't drive anywhere in this country without passing eight out of 10 billboards that are for lawyers. <laughs> right. So yeah. that's a problem. Sure. And, you know, a lot of this packaging issue is because the laws are restrictive and the idea is to protect those who we don't want to have access, like our children and our pets, we don't want them getting into these products. So that's why there is a push for the childproof part of it. But I mean, these childproof products are really difficult to open, by the way. And sometimes I can't even get them open. You know, they're Bethany proof, they're adult proof, they're, they're just over the top sometimes. So I mean, what direction can the cannabis industry go? And what changes can we really make to get less plastics and cardboards to hold our products with that childproof challenge. You know, there, there's talks about the reuse programs uh, at dispensaries, you know, bring back the jar, we'll fill it again, but 
due to, you know, I guess, you know, hermetically sealed and it being, it being clean, right, is a concern. Um, you know, and packaging labeling committee, we've talked about that, about reuse programs. Um, can pouches be reused? Can glass jars be reused? Like the, you know, the old school ball jars that have been around forever. Um, to Kelly's point, right? I mean, sustainability, the, the definition of sustainability is, can it be done forever? Right. That's the, that's the biggest challenge. Um, and using flexible packaging and something that is compostable, right. Um, single use is in my opinion, the, the best use of, of earth friendly materials, um, and really try to get away from those rigid plastics that don't ever break down in a landfill or industrial compostable at least. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of reminds me of the like beeswax paper covers you can get now instead of, you know, using plastics. Is that kind of the idea? D directionally, yeah, I think it okay. all kind of fit, fits yeah. together. It, it's like a logical approach to make it difficult to get into, but don't make it so impossible that even an adult can get into. There's a logical basis here. Yeah. But what I like about this industry is it represents an opportunity. There's a there's a saying in our industry called closed loop venues or closed loop systems. So think of like a um, a sports stadium. Um, we'll, we'll say the, the Atlanta Brave Stadium, it just won the World Series. That stadium can control its waste. So it can direct recycling to recycling, composting to composting. So if you think about dispensaries, it is an opportunity to incentivize through digital print technology for anyone who buys a pouch of gummies, they can take that pouch back, drop it in a bin that scans that pouch and gives them a discount on what they buy next. And now that's collected and it's a pure source where composters will take it because what keeps composters from taking packaging isn't that they don't want to take packaging is that they can't afford to have an increase of 10 to 15% of what never breaks down because it never should have been there in the first place because we can make packaging that looks so good mm -hmm. that brands can literally get packaging that lets them have their cake, but the earth can eat it too. And they can't tell the difference between the two. Well, that's ideal. But, yeah. So I We've think it's an opportunity, an opportunity for dispensaries to really think about how to use that closed loop thinking yeah. and controlling that flow. Absolutely. All right. We got to take our second commercial break here, but we'll be right back to continue and wrap up our chat with Nick and Kelly. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, taking a deep dive into the packaging issues in the cannabis industry primarily sustainability. And, you know, I really do appreciate that our focus and your committee's focus is on environmental sustainability as an industry that promotes wellness and well-being. It only really makes sense that we care for the earth that grows the plant, right? We're hippies here. So, so for product manufacturers and retail operators, what can they be doing to start moving in this direction without it totally upending their operations? Nick? Sure. I mean, it's just about education and what's available to them. And, you know, a lot of the those companies, uh, they, they don't know what is available to them, right, when it comes to producing packaging, uh, legal legal packaging, especially, right? Um, so I think just getting the, the, the knowledge and the information out to uh, the individuals, companies purchasing the packaging is, is really key. 
Um, and then to Kelly's point, he made a moment ago about, you know, formulating a reuse, you know, recycle program. And if you bring that pouch back, drop it in this bin, you're going to get the percentage off of your next purchase, something like that. Yeah, right? I like that. So I, I think that's that's really the, the the direction that I think they they need to be looking at at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kelly, what are your thoughts as well? You know, I, f I feel like I spend a lot of time saying the same things over and over because everybody's searching for that information. I just, I really appreciate opportunities like this to get that information out to enough people that realize that the solutions are there. I, I, I've seen the packages, they work, they're available, uh, but most people just don't know what's available, what they can get. So I think education, it comes back to, we got to get education out there that can cut through misinformation because there's a lot of forces out that don't want to see compostable solutions enter the market because it it's not the, their status quo so we got to look look through that and and i i do think this industry represents predominant concentration of brands that really do care and they're really looking for those those um solutions and i i think they're there they just have to know how to how to get access to it Absolutely. Sounds like the packaging and labeling committee here at NCIA um, is, is really looking into some future solutions as well. And what's great is that, you know, hemp, <laughs> hemp is looking to be very promising. Um, so again, I'm looking forward to also talking to members of our hemp committee soon to talk about the future of, uh, you know, textiles, hempcrete, um, and apparently packaging possibilities as well from, from the cellulose. So that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing um, what else comes out of, of your committee and, and the other committees at NCIA who are starting to collaborate and have cross-committee conversations as well. So it's a really exciting time in the cannabis industry. And I, I hope to see you all in San Francisco at the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo coming up right around the corner here. Again, CannabisBusinessSummit.com, December 15th, 16th, and 17th. And we have run out of time, but thank you both so much for jumping on and uh, sharing your knowledge about packaging for our industry as well. Thank you very much, Bethany. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.